Hello and welcome to Ed Show episode 133. Today we're going to be taking a look at um, Azure Active Directory. And joining me in order to be able to do that is Erin Devere. Uh, you're from the, um, you're a senior product manager on our identities team. So uh, tell us a little bit about Azure Active Directory for those folks out there that maybe don't know that much about it at this point. Right. So um, I'm a, as you mentioned, I'm a senior program manager on Azure Active Directory. Um, Azure Active Directory is Microsoft's cloud identity and access management solution. Now, what what we do with it is Azure Active Directory effectively lets you extend your on-premises identity and access management investments. We're sure that you've made the right investments at the right time. Mm -hmm. What we want to do is enable you to benefit from the promise of the cloud and SaaS applications. And, and so with Azure Active Directory, you can take those investments, extend them into the cloud, and very easily fan out to a whole lot of applications in the cloud, whether it's Microsoft's first-party applications like Office 365, Intune, or Dynamics that all use Azure Active Directory as a common identity system, or other applications or organizational applications like Salesforce and Workday, uh, individual applications often used by organizations like Facebook and Twitter, which are readily used for marketing purposes. And so you can really benefit from the cloud by extending all of these, by extending your identity and access control plane into all of these applications. You can do this very quickly. You can run this by rules, as you would expect. Mm -hmm. Or you can delegate it to individuals and let the, the right people make the right decisions on who has access to which resource. And it means that you don't have to kind of rebuild an entire directory for every application that comes out. You don't have to put in some sort of database in order to be able to uh, implement that particular application. So it moves us forward into, I guess, a more modern architectural world from an identity standpoint. Uh, that's, that's exactly right. And so w when these cloud applications started showing up, what often happened was you would um, need to synchronize your identities and mm -hmm. set up federation with each and every one of them. And all of a sudden, that promise of an agile world where you could very quickly adopt new functionality it started to dissipate, right? You could adopt the new functionality, but you lost the user experience. They had to remember different credentials in different places. Yeah. And you lost your governance. You didn't really know who accesses what. And so if, for example, somebody left your organization, you no longer had the confidence that they lost access to everything that they had before. And we already know from things that have happened recently exactly what some of the issues are when you write all your passwords down in places where they may be a little bit easily discoverable. And, and again, I'm very excited that you mentioned that Azure Active Directory delivers a, a solution specifically for that problem. Mm -hmm. It allows you to take a credential that you would, a username and password, that you would traditionally have to share, hand out to multiple people. Of course, once you do that, you lose control. You know what inevitably happens? You give it to a responsible individual, mm -hmm. a head of marketing, a department manager in marketing, and they write it in a very secure way and place it in a secure location, and then they go on vacation. Yeah. And inevitably, we have to release some information now that they're on vacation. So somebody's on the phone, and they're like, well, OK, don't tell anyone. But this mm -hmm. is the username and password. Yeah. You've effectively lost control. Yeah, I, I, every single organization that I've ever worked in, if you want to know people's username and passwords, you walk around the floor, you open up the keyboard, look underneath, it's on a post-it note. You pull out their drawer, it's in the top, there's about 10 different post-it notes all in there. It's just the most common way to, to get into anything. And it's an easy way to socially engineer an attack on somebody's machine. So one of the things we have inside of Azure AD is the ability to integrate with thousands of SaaS applications. I think there's 2,500 or so out of the box. Right, over 2,450 today. Mm -hmm. And you, if you're 
uh, continuing user of Azure Active Directory. Mm -hmm. uh, every time you visit, you can see the number keeps rolling up slowly or quickly, depending yeah. on the week, but mm -hmm. you'll see it keep shifting. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. Every time I do a, uh, a customer presentation, I have to go in ahead of time and just check the number so that I don't kind of trip up on it a little later on. I, I just enjoy admitting I don't actually know the number yeah. today. <laughs> and even today, I don't know the number. We'll have to look it up in a second okay, when we'll, we have an application. We'll just check on that and pull <laughs> it out. So, um, so we can add um, custom SaaS applications now. That was one of the things that we released recently. We've got all of those um, kind of pre-baked, if you like, SaaS applications. But one of the things that you guys have been working on was for those scenarios where maybe the application that you need access to hasn't already been added into the directory. So what have you actually done in that place? Right, and so w we've been adding applications as quickly as we can, but it turns out that there are a lot of applications that are either unique, it's a one-off form-based application that you've been using for a long time, you don't want to deal with it and you don't want to move it, we'll never catch up with that. It's your application. On the other hand, there are obscure applications that maybe very few customers use and will just take us some time to get to them. If you have an application like this, you can now simply add it yourself and you won't believe how easy it can be. That's Yeah, I think that one of the things is that you've, it must be really tough. You must have well, there must be limitless amounts of metadata out there for all of those different accounts. It's not something that presumably you have to go and contact the, the vendor and get hold of, I don't know, some piece of information in order to set up the link. Right, and so one of the things that you see happening here is we develop internal tools to support our processes. And so as we started accumulating these applications in order to get up to 2,500 uh, applications really quickly, we had to build tooling to be able to fish this information, analyze it automatically. What we've effectively done is integrate that internal tool. We, we made it a little bit more robust and integrated it with Azure AD, allowing you now to benefit from it directly. So all you really do have to do is tell us what's your login page. That's it, just literally the login page. You want to see? Yeah, let's take a look. Okay, so I'm here in my Azure AD management console, and this is, this is the Azure management console that all of you are probably very familiar with. Some of you may, may be wondering where a lot of these tiles on the left-hand side disappeared. Um, usually there are VMs and networks and a lot of mm. other things that show up here. Um, I, the Azure management portal can be loaded specifically for access to Azure AD. And so in that case, all we load is the Azure AD extension. Oh, cool. Okay. I did not know that. Oh, I'm glad I, I'm glad <laughs> I could tell you something new. Um, and so you can see this Azure, the streamlined Azure um, management portal. And I'm in my directory and I'm specifically under the applications tab. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can select to add an application. Now, you, you've seen this before. There, there are three classes of applications you might be adding. It could be an application you're developing to be integrated with Azure AD, or it could be an application that you have on-premises and you want to publish out. The, the third category, and very often mm -hmm. used, is the pre-integrated application gallery. Yeah. And so I'll bring that up for right now. And what you'll see is there is a new feature that showed up here, which is custom applications. Okay, yeah. And so, in addition to the 2,455 applications that we have here today... 2,455, that's the number for today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, we, you can now add any of an infinite, uh, infinite amount of applications that you have that are effectively username, password, web form-based applications. And you're not adding them into the gallery, you're just adding them into your Azure AD tenant. That, that's exactly right. I'm, I'm adding them to my environment. Mm -hmm. I'm creating instances of them. Yeah. So it's not going to just publish your application to the entire world at this point. Don't worry. Now, the, the organization I'm working with here is Tailspin, and so I'll create a Tailspin um, app. 
Okay. And because um, I don't have a, a app, an app handy on me, what I'll actually do is I'll use the Twitter login page. That's kind of useful. Yeah, it's probably going to be a one that we can uh, that we can all agree it's useful to be able to um, allow single sign-on into Twitter. Now, of course, we already have Twitter in the gallery, so you don't have to do this for Twitter. Yeah, this but is an extra step. It gives you a bit of extra customization, though. Yes, and uh, and we'll show you that in a mm -hmm. second. And so uh, I'll go to the Twitter login page because I don't remember it myself. Twitter.com. And then you can see my login page is right here. Mm -hmm. And so I can grab this URL. And as I come to configure single sign-on, I choose the password single sign-on option. I'm asked for what's the login, what's the sign-in URL. Well, we just copied it from the browser. Mm -hmm. And now we analyze that page. And we've really now just looked at the metadata on the page, mm -hmm. determined that there are easily discoverable username and passwords field, and that these are the only requirements to complete a login task. And we've mapped these to our, our single sign-on system. And so I'm done now, except as you said, there is one more thing I can do here that I cannot do on the pre-integrated applications. Mm -hmm. I can say this is not actually Twitter. Yeah, this is this is my Tailspin app. Yeah. my Tailspin app. And so, coming into the application, I now have the option to upload a logo. Uh, I'll use my corporate logo. I'm using it in several places, and that's it. I'll complete this action. And now, when a user gets this application, when a user gets this application assigned to them on their uh, access panel single sign-on experience. The name of the application will be Tailspin App, and its logo will be what I just uploaded. And so you can really easily trigger it with what people are ready or used to in mm -hmm. my in my organization. Cool. So this is this is really super useful for um, an application that uh, is out there somewhere on the web that the people the folks inside of your organization use on a regular basis that doesn't have any pre-integrated single sign-on working in any kind of way. You can just go and use their individual sign-on details to allow them to have access to that, and they can store that inside of, I guess, their own password vault. Right. But you, it's not just their individual login information. Mm -hmm. um, you could actually say, hey, I might have this application where I have a single departmental account. Yeah. I have one account for all my vendors. And you can take that one account now, and like, you, like we talked earlier, you no longer have to distribute it across multiple people you can effectively assign it to them where they don't get access to the actual password. They get to single sign-on on strength of their Azure Active Directory single sign-on. So that's kind of perfect for something like we've just set up with Twitter where you can literally go and then everybody can use the same Twitter account across the entire organization. Nobody gets to know the crown jewels, the top secret Twitter password. Right, and if you have any concerns about somebody discovering that password, mm -hmm. you still don't have to worry because you, you have a single point of control, a single choke point. Yeah. Right? If you decide to change that password tomorrow or even once a week, depending on your po internal policies, mm -hmm. you can go ahead and do it. You can change the password in one location and everybody who is using it will continue to have single sign-on on the new password. And so the entire exercise of securing this credential now becomes much easier. I, I guess it means you can go for a more, a higher level of kind of security than maybe you would have been. You can maybe go with a, a 64 character password on that master account. Right, you can really stretch the limits of yeah. the application because nobody will need to remember yeah, this password. Nobody has to remember it. Nobody has to type it in. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so let me show you how that works. Yeah, yeah let's take a look at assigning it to, to multiple people. So I'm, I'm still within my application. And what I've done is I went to the Users and Groups tab. Now, the same thing will work on any other application that we have. Mm -hmm. And coming in here, I can select a group. In this case, I want to assign it to a group named Group 1 or maybe to my marketing group. Mm -hmm. Kind of sensible for Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly why we have it here. Um, and then but when assigning the application, I can select to provide the credentials. Cool. So that's just the single set of credentials. That could be your your 64-character Twitter password, just the one that nobody else needs to know. Right. Now, I don't actually have a Twitter account here I can set up. So Absolutely. You're not in marketing, so, so, exactly. so why would you? Yeah. So let's skip this. But all I, would do, I'll, all I would do is enter the username and password here, mm -hmm. and then all the, other, um, all the users that have access to the application will get it, that are assigned to the application, all users that are members of this group. And because they're going through the, uh, the MyApps portal, they're only ever going to be asked for their own credentials once, and they'll just get single sign-on to the application. Exactly. So if you've, if you've done single sign-on with your on-premises systems, they would be effectively logging in on their ADFS or with the same password they have from on-premises. And they would get access all the way to a random Twitter account or a random applications account that you've decided to grant them access to and all on the same string. Cool. So that's awesome. I think the, um, the idea of being able to do that, being able to do group accounts with all of the pre-integrated applications, being able to create custom applications is pretty cool. The one thing that I always had a problem with when I was out there working inside of an IT department was streamlining provisioning users. That yeah. was uber painful. It was just a really tri tricky thing to do. You'd end up with your HR department going out there. They'd go off. They'd hire somebody. They would then have to send an email, probably a request of some description through some kind of system into your IT department. Probably happens to you guys today. IT then have to sit there. You're probably paying some guy just to sit there enter all the details, create the accounts, make sure that when somebody's account's created, they've got the right permissions set up, and then you've got to have a whole extra process around what happens when people change. So have you guys done something to fix that? Well, you've actually just described a very common provisioning system. It's called the man-in-the-middle provisioning system. Yeah, okay, nice. We used to also call it truck synchronization because you would mm. pile a bunch of forms onto a truck and drive it to the IT building <laughs> and then nice. read the yeah. information from the forms and enter it. Inevitably, you get information getting out of sync. You have to hire a lot of people who are effectively typing on keyboard. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's not and, and oh and what always happens is nothing is provisioned in time. Oh yeah, and there's errors as well. Yes. Yeah. And so, yes, we, we've uh, as you know we we have been working on premises for a long time on the notion of identity synchronization between multiple directories and using the Prim synchronization product. You you were able for a long time on premises to tie up your HR system with your Azure AD and other systems and be able to automatically pick up an account from HR and provision it into AD. And that's, that's been a great solution. A lot of customers are using it, but it's very expensive and very difficult to deploy. Many customers don't have this, the IT depth in order to be able to invest in it. And some HR applications don't support the connectivity to, to other systems. Hmm. Yeah, so... With Azure AD, yeah. we're taking a completely different approach. Mm -hmm. With Azure AD, we want to make your life much easier. And so what we've done is we have the notion of rich provisioning between Azure AD and applications. Mm -hmm. And we said that could work both ways. Ah, so this is the idea that we can take somebody and maybe set them up inside of, um, I don't know, their, their CRM application. We can do that. We've had that rich provisioning for quite a while. Exactly. But now we can go the other way. Exactly. So now you can grab your HR mm -hmm. application, your HR service, very commonly these days, something like Workday. And you can 
I've done this ahead of time here on this tenant, you can effectively say, I want to configure my user input. Now, this is very similar to configuring rich provisioning to other applications. Mm -hmm. What you're effectively doing is granting Azure AD permissions to read the required information from the application. Okay. And so, by providing Azure AD with my subscription information on Workday, we will then, of course, test the connection just to make sure everything is set up correctly on both sides so you won't be surprised later if people don't provision. Once the test is complete, you get some options. So this is the extent mm -hmm. of the complexity of the configuration that you need to do. It's, it's looking pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. um, you can choose whether you want to import users once a day mm -hmm. or every hour. We are an aggressive organization here. We hire people all the time, so I'll be synchronizing every hour. And finally, tell the system to start provisioning. And from here on, as people are hired and granted accounts in the Workday system, they would automatically get imported into Azure AD. Cool. So they're going to get a user account. But what about the other stuff? Because um, if I think back to the world that I used to work in, we'd create a user account. And then we'd also have to think about, well, that person then needs to be added to some applications. They need to be given some ACLs. They need to be put into some sort of group. Do we have that thing sorted out somehow? Yeah, we're trying to keep things as consistent as possible. And so you've seen that. Um, we have the ability to assign groups to applications. Mm -hmm. And when you assign a group to a username and password, single sign-on application, what happens is all the people can share a single account or all the people there get a tile and can add their own their own account into that application. But when you assign a group to a rich provisioning application, we really take all the members of that group and put them, create accounts for them in that application. Right? And from that point on, you don't have to worry about creating those accounts or con maintaining them against your core directory or now against your HR system. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that with, with the HR solution, we've really tied into the capabilities of each HR application. And we're saying in Workday, there is the notion of provisioning groups. Okay. Provisioning groups are there to enable HR to give the organization direction on where I fit. Mm -hmm. Inside of the whole company. Exactly. Yeah. And so... If you create, say, divisional provisioning groups in the in your Workday mm -hmm. HR application, we will import and create those groups within Azure AD. That group, that marketing ah. group you saw earlier, I didn't actually create it in Azure AD. I imported it from uh, from my Workday subscription. So it's just going to pull through your entire organizational structure as security groups inside of AD. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. That's that's. That's pretty cool. Though. That really is quite clever because now your IT guys don't necessarily have to have that that deep understanding of how the company's kind of organized. And I guess if there's a reorg, then it actually starts to help you with that as well. Right, things flow a little bit more dynamically from mm -hmm. HR. As long as HR is using the system consistently, mm -hmm. you will get the right information flowing into your general purpose directory. Cool. So if you've got um, some people that are in, I don't know, um, a sales function, it's probably a, a great place to be. Um, if they're inside of a great place to be because you make lots of money doing sales, if you're inside of a sales function, um, presumably we can kind of say uh, that sales function needs access to the CRM system in order to get them up and running. Right. Now, this is, this is interesting. We discovered this when we were talking to customers that a lot of them, as it turns out, have two different instances of very often the same CRM system mm. um, running, and they didn't even know about that. So for different parts of the company, you might have 
a sales system for the guys that are on the road versus the guys that are based out of the call center, for example. Yeah, or in other cases, you see where the, you see situations where the sales department created one instance of a CRM application, and the marketing department created another because they have slightly different, slightly ah. different purposes. Now they both want single sign-on. They both want the same level of service. Mm -hmm. You want governance over everything. Yeah, absolutely. As IT, that is your requirement. And so with Azure AD, you can actually add two instances of even the same application. Like in this case, mm -hmm. I have two instances of Salesforce, and you can see it on the list here. One is the sales department Salesforce, mm -hmm. and the other one is the marketing department Salesforce. As it turned out, I discovered the marketing department Salesforce application first, so it's named a little nicer. Mm -hmm. But effectively, it's the same thing. And so I, I could have gone into both of them, configured them for provisioning, each one for its own Salesforce subscription, and then, as I assign groups to them, all members of those groups automatically get updated in that system. So if somebody moves from one sales team to the other sales team, do we just give them access to the new sales application? Well, no, we actually deprovision their access to the old sales application. And for instance, in Salesforce, it's a hard limitation. You cannot create the same UPN, the same user account, mm -hmm in two different Salesforce subscriptions. Ah, okay. And so we make your life very easy here. Yeah. We deprovision your, your account from one Salesforce instance. We, or really, we deprovision your access to make sure that you can go back and do data cleanup later. And then we provision you access to the new Salesforce system. And so if a user switched from sales to marketing in our organization, they would very easily come in to work on their first day in marketing, still see that Salesforce logo they're used to, but now be accessing the right information that they need for their marketing for their new marketing job. That's incredible. So they, that, that's an amazing amount of, um, of integration that we've got between uh, Workday, ourselves, and Salesforce. We get, to be, we get to replace the man in the middle, I guess, in that situation. We get to become um, the engine that's really you know, driving all of that work, which is amazing. And I'm amazed that we can have multiple connections as well. We can actually connect up to the same kind of system a couple of times. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and we find it's very effective for those organizations where some facts were laid down on the ground before IT got a chance to come in and manage them. Mm -hmm. And also where there is legitimate need for multiple instances. Yeah, and I guess that happens all the time. We've seen this with cloud applications time and time again where one department has a credit card, they go and sign up for an application, right. then it becomes the standard, all of their information is inside it, and they just have to use it. So Now, uh, we talked about this before, I'm, I'm in the engineering side. As mm -hmm. you can see, we can't have a 15-minute conversation without two product managers yeah. jumping up on my screen. <laughs> yeah, it's an absolute requirement, isn't it? They have to be able to, uh, to get there and, and communicate. I presume we actually have the ability to do um, uh, some kind of auditing as well. We can actually pull some information back about what's being created. Yes, absolutely. And so l l let me show you here. And, you know, I, I didn't really show you that I went into Workday and created a, a new employee and hired them into the company. And I didn't do that because I'm not going to demo HR processes to you. Yeah, that would be kind of dull. <laughs> and it will take some time for all the information to flow through the system. Instead of that, let me prove to you that these accounts actually came in from Workday. Mm -hmm. and so what I can do is go into my report. And we, we have a very useful audit report that is available to all Azure Active Directory customers where you can effectively see which user, which administrators took action on which users and what did they do. Mm, okay, so this is going to show me that, um, that Workday uh, created uh, my accounts. 
exactly or deprovisioned them or whatever it needed to and you can see i'm admin at tailspin dot on dot online dot, sorry tailspin online dot on microsoft dot com mm -hmm. i've i was playing around with applications i was adding and removing them before and so you can see that here I, there is an instance of me removing this application we were i was playing with yep all these other instances this zero 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 one four dash this good this is the Workday provisioning agent. And so you can see Workday has been working hard this whole time, mm. bringing in users and modifying them. Ah, oh, very cool. So these are the, this is the user's u username, their UPN inside of your AD. It's telling you exactly when they, they were created and when they were added. That's and, and they show you, and you can see, I haven't added any of these users. So going into my Users tab over here, you can see I have all of these users. Now, it, this is a demo tenant mm -hmm. or a demo directory. You, you've seen these before. They very rarely have this richness of accounts. And mm. the reason that there is this richness of accounts here, and each one of these accounts has so much deep information about where they work and their um, contact information, etc., is really because I brought this in from the HR system. I brought this in from the HR system, and the information was directly mapped into my Azure AD attributes. Nice. Excellent. That's actually a former address of mine, which is incredibly strange. I used to live on a uh, on a Northumberland Avenue. Oh, maybe maybe this user actually models you. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite possible. I do uh, opt into the process where we yeah, where we provide all that information. Aaron, thank you very much for coming and showing us uh, all of this stuff. It's super cool what you guys are doing over in the uh, in the identity space. And as you've shown, some of this stuff is absolutely uh, amazing and groundbreaking stuff. It will really help you guys to be able to. Um, integrate Azure AD into everything that you're already doing. And obviously, Azure AD is pre-integrated with Office 365, with Microsoft Intune, right out of the box, so it'll get you up and running uh, really quickly. And there's no need to have a completely separate, disparate, disconnected identity store inside of your organization. Thank well, you thank much. you for having me. Okay, so I'm just going to do a very quick um, few bits of housekeeping just to let you guys know how you can keep following us. Um, take a look at the Ed Show on Facebook. That is HTTP uh, Facebook um, slash uh, the Channel 9 Edge Show. And we'll put the URL at the bottom of the screen and also in the notes. Also, follow us on Twitter at TN Edge. And you can follow me on Twitter at Simonster. And you'll also find that there's a whole bunch of extra information, some of the things um, that have happened over the course of the last month inside of Enterprise Mobility and Windows in the blog post that I've created, which is uh, available at aka.ms slash mobilityedge. Take care, folks, and we will see you next time on The Edge Show.